What's up guys, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, episode 96 this week. Oh, I can't man. even believe 96, bro. I know. Four weeks away, a month away from the big 100. Hell yeah, it's super crazy, it's super crazy. Last show of the year and last show of the decade. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. We should say, I know people are going, no, you got one more week. But it's Christmas, y'all. It's New Year's Eve. We're not going to have a show next week. So this is it. This is the last one, 2019. Sending it out. Hell yeah, hell yeah. We have a great guest for you guys this week with the number one movie out right now all across the country, Jumanji, the next level. We got Mossy Furland coming right. on the show. AKA he... The Rock's Only Weakness. Exactly. <laughs> Switchblade, guys. We have him coming on the show to talk about everything that he's been a part of. And man, he's hilarious. Super intelligent and super just upbeat, man. Everything that happened in his life and he's still positive and keeps going. Oh, yeah. And he may even do a really cool impression for us. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm Peach. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You never know, guys. Um, and we have so much industry news to talk about. You know we love Hallmark, but they're facing some controversy, a little they backlash. Are. Uh Disney, of course, Netflix, NBC Universal. We talk about this Survivor thing the past couple weeks. We mm, got an update mm. on that. So, oh my goodness, it's going to be exciting. Uh, but for this show, myself and the one and only Mouth, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> and this is your last week for your Christmas gifts, Crazy Ant Media Christmas gifts. So make sure you head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, click on our merchandise tag. And start rocking that latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. Uh, but like I said, let's start with this Hallmark Channel thing, man. They faced a huge backlash against that LGBTQ uh, community because of a... They took down a commercial of a lesbian couple, right? Right, right. It was a holiday commercial, people getting married, celebrating the holidays and stuff by Zola, the company Zola.com. And uh, they... Zola, I guess, had given them like four or five different ads, and they 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 aired all of them except the one with the the two females kissing, getting married, and stuff. They yanked that one. We should say the reason they yanked that one is because they came under a huge assault from another group, uh, the One Million Mom. It's a it's a conservative Christian group that said that's just not the family values and type stuff that they think should be on the thing, and so they kind of bowed down to that. That pressure but for the time being yeah 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 but the, the what they changed their mind uh after they decided to pull them from the network due to the complaints of the one million moms um glad wasted no time attacking them right back saying hey what are you doing you're not being inclusive and that's when they decided oops maybe we made a mistake um and hallmark ceo not hallmark channel CEO Bill Abbott, but Hallmark itself, the whole company, uh, CEO, uh, kind of made a statement. He said the Crown Media team has been agonizing over this decision as we've seen the hurt it has un unintentionally caused and said simply they believe it was the wrong decision. Their mission is rooted in helping all people connect, celebrate traditions, and be inspired to capture meaningful moments in their lives. Um, and then went on to say that Hallmark's going to be working with GLAAD to better represent the LGBT community across all of their portfolios and the hallmark channel will be reaching out also to zola to reestablish a partnership and reinstate the commercials which they have yeah um whoo that's a lot yeah so uh, basically bowing down to both parties which in general like 
I mean, just love everybody. So the the LGBTQ thing shouldn't have been a problem anyway. It's just an old way of thinking, in my opinion. Yeah, right. And 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 the one million moms thing. I did the problem with, and I know I'm going to take some heat for this, but I I feel like Hallmark being there was a no win situation there yeah. because they had to you know bow down to one and or the other organization. Yeah, which it shouldn't even be in both. Uh, organizations in my opinion are are the same they're both spewing hatred towards the other and and it's just not right like 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 you just said logan like why can't it just be everybody exactly why should hallmark have to be caught in the middle of anything if they just catered to everybody in the in to begin with there would be no caught in the middle of these two groups exactly so but it started out with that million moms thing i mean they were trying to show diversity and try to show that the acceptance of the lgbt community but then the moms like had a whole backlash so it was their fault in the beginning so it should have just been for this particular situation it was their fault in the beginning right so right. i mean there just shouldn't have been any of that and no catering or pandering to other people you just got to do what's right for everyone the general population agreed and this we should say this isn't the first time hallmark has faced a similar type controversy they're constantly getting uh slammed for diversity issues that they're you know all of their hallmark movies are just like yuppie white couples upper middle class you know that there's no struggling minorities or you know or you know middle class families that are represented you know in the in the in these movies so they they've this isn't the first time they've heard this um and you know uh, recently i saw that uh jeffrey dean morgan's wife hillary burton uh came out and said she was let go from a job for hallmark because she brought up the inclusivity problem Mm. and uh was let go yeah um so that you know there it is um I don't know. We're just going to keep following this, I guess. Bill Abbott has said that he he understands that this is an issue, um, and that it's you know they're working on it. They're trying to do better. They're trying to to, to make this more inclusive for everybody. Um, and I, I believe him, and I hope that that's true. Look, we just saw a recent one where uh, an African American figure was was a lead and a central figure in a Hallmark Christmas movie uh-huh. for really the first time that I can remember. Yeah. So um, they are making strides. They are doing it. Check out, uh, you know, and you and you can see. So and look. Success is success. They're having a lot of success, and we talked about this, you know, in the past several weeks on the show. Everybody's trying to emulate their Christmas success. Yeah, that's what it is. So, not doing so well at the moment <laughs> trying to emulate that success. So maybe this will be a win-win for everybody. You know, maybe all these people trying to copy their success because they have been a little bit more inclusive as to the characters that they have in their movies. Yeah, just haven't quite caught on to the formula yet, mm-hmm. and maybe that will kind of force Hallmark to do more inclusivity with theirs. You know, and in turn, maybe it's a win-win for everybody. I don't know, but it was definitely caught the attention of everybody. Yeah, out I there. mean, they have that cookie cutter like straight by the book Hallmark channel like stereotype script template that they keep following i mean but why not just tweak it a little bit to make sure everybody is included exactly that's what it's all about it is what it's all about and they do stand for family values they say so let's do it i don't understand why it's ever been an issue on the network anyway their cards are very uh, they sell lgbt community cards and, and you know i mean they they're 
I don't even know why it ever... Because, I mean, if people... Out of sight, out of mind. So if people aren't looking at their cards, then they don't care. But yeah. if it's actually on TV or an advertisement, then people have an uproar, and which is just ridiculous. So hopefully there's some change, and hopefully people just stop thinking this old way of thinking. Let people love who they want to love. <laughs> I'm just saying. There you go. Exactly. Just, that's a t-shirt. That should be a Hallmark t-shirt or a Hallmark card. Let people love. Exactly. That's, that's all you got to do, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Alright, let's go over to Disney and Rise of Star Wars or Skywalker. Oh man, Star Wars making a lot of buzz, breaking Ooh. out. Man, it's coming out this weekend. Advanced ticket sales for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker pacing with 2017's Last Jedi, and it looks like a 200 million plus open is in within reach, but no one is expecting Thursday night previews to be at the Force Awakened levels because, I mean, that was it coming back from, like, the however long hiatus. Like exactly. 15 years hiatus. Exactly. But they're so. talking about unseating Avengers Endgame Thursday night, so. Uh, well, no, no, no uh, not anymore. That, that's no. what they're saying. Yeah, 57 million was Force Awakens, and then Endgame had 60 million, which is the biggest Thursday ever. But now they're saying it won't even come to Endgame. I mean, uh, Force Awakens numbers. So as far as Thursday night. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, there, there's some misreading because, you know, two days ago they were saying it was going to take down Endgame's Thursday night record. Now they're saying it won't even catch Force Awakens Thursday night record. Well, I don't care what they say. I'm saying uh, it. Yes. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> J- J- will give his own predictions. Hey, we know that's coming. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just think we've seen so many. One thing is, is for sure. The Star Wars franchise is like the country. It is divided. Very it is very so. divisive. <laughs> like you either love what's been going on or you fucking hate what's been going on. And this movie is just like that. Yeah. Apparently, if you hated The Last Jedi, you're gonna love this one. And if you liked The Last Jedi, you might not like this one. That's what it appears the critics are all saying. They're split right down the middle. I don't know. It's crazy, man, because it's just all or nothing with these people. Like, and that's with everything. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, why can't you just like and dislike certain aspects? of the film it's just fucking it goes right back to what we were just talking about in the first story with hallmark but towards liking a project like like why can't people just like what they like why are people getting bullying uh, bullied online for saying that they didn't hate the last jedi or they didn't you know i just i liked the last jedi i hated a few things in the last jedi but i didn't hate the movie i liked the movie so i i just let people like what they want to exactly. let people love who they want to love and exactly. let people like what they want to like it's i just it's so man. crazy and we'll wait and see let, nobody really knows how much money it's going to make it's going to be huge no matter yeah. what it's going to make more than a billion dollars no matter what disney's seventh but i, I mean we don't know how much exactly. and who cares just exactly. let people go see it man no don't even give it a chance just bashing off the freaking top it's insane one thing they all do agree on though is that it definitively closes up in a good way even the people who said they hate it after seeing the the you know at the world premiere did admit that it does in a good way close out the yeah. skywalker well, so you know they they hated the movie but they do say it it did justice to the characters so i don't even know how you say you hate the movie and then say it did justice to the characters but that's them exactly <laughs> exactly man it's so freaking confusing just go see it make your own opinion on it goodness gracious uh 
but it is a consensus opinion that Disney Plus is being very successful right now. Because of Star Wars, in my opinion, Basically. The Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, they might be divisive over the movies, but everybody fucking loves Baby Yoda. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Oh, and when we, yeah, and I think that's played into what we're about to tell. 24 million subscribers at the end of last month. Yeah. 24 million, guys. I think... A lot of that had to do with Baby Yoda oh, after yeah. Baby Yoda came For out. Sure. Um, by the way, Wall Street had only predicted 20 million subscribers worldwide by the end of 2020. They've already got 24 million just in the U.S. Exactly. So that blows away Wall Street estimates. Uh also, not some good news for, for the big rival. The Mouse House's uh, package boosted cancellations amongst Netflix customers. It's true, man. It's true. I mean, honestly, I'm not surprised because just when I talk to day-to-day people, they're talking about Netflix is the one that they don't have anything for them anymore. It's true. Because, I mean, we talk about it each week. Freaking they cancel something every single week. You yeah. don't even let the uh, consumer consume the product no you you know they talk all the time about how much money they're spending on original projects but they like spend all that money to put an original program on there and then a one season they cancel it exactly like why did you spend all that money on an original series that you're going to cancel after eight episodes that like makes no sense exactly and i mean paying boatloads of money for films that are just mediocre i mean i've seen uh reviews about six underground that new ryan reynolds one and people are just like meh it was all right i'm gonna watch it today to see what it's like but a lot of people are not like impressed with it yeah i mean uh, it's yeah it is decision ted and so it did it 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 Okay, so let's talk numbers. Apparently, a million subscribers left Netflix after they signed up for Disney+. Plus. A million. And it gets worse because they're saying that an estimated 5.1 million will be lost over the upcoming fourth quarter. So, guys, combine that. Six million subscribers are going to leave Netflix over the the end of the third and through the fourth quarter for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were expecting that and that that's mm, that's yeah. not good now to be fair we should say this that about a third of those 24 million subscribers for disney plus aren't paying for it yet yeah so how many of those will stay they're getting it free it's about 8 million out of the if you do the numbers because it's about 34 percent. so about 8 million uh out of the 24 million are getting it uh free for verizon yeah exactly. uh if you had for verizon they were giving it for a year how many of those 8 million will not keep it after their free run is up that's a question. It's a fair question, but I feel like a lot are, are going to keep it. I mean, it's so awesome at this point. And uh, some of the shit hasn't even hit Disney Plus yet. So by the end exactly. of their one-year subscription, all that shit's going to be on there. I can't imagine. Exactly. You still got all these Marvel shows coming on. And then plus, like, just so much original content coming to the game that – I think it's just going to blow Netflix out of the water. I think less than a million are going to leave once that year is up. So I, w- I, I would agree with that. I don't think they're going to lose a lot, to be honest. And with such a low price of like seven bucks a month, it's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. And and look, everybody was worried about Disney would have to hike the price you know, to compete. But I feel like if they continue to grow subscribers at the rate that they're growing – they won't have to do shit. They exactly. they can keep that low price point, at, you know, and it won't be a problem at all. No, exactly. So, Even their bundle package is cheaper than Netflix. So I think it's 
like we said, it's going to be fine. Like yeah. You get freaking ESPN, Hulu, and Disney Plus for twelve ninety nine. Netflix is like fifteen bucks. Yeah. So, this is what it is, man. It is what it is. <laughs> what about this next one? I don't know. It is what it is. I'm so know. excited about Disney Plus, and then every now and then they do something, and I'm like, eh. I know for you it was Home Alone. Yeah. And now, again, they, they want to – Turner and Hooch, guys. Yeah. Turner and Hooch. You know, Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. If you guys remember that movie, I do because I'm old. Yeah. I, I'm going to put it out there before J-Lo calls me old. Yeah. It's all right. 1989, it was a, a, a cop movie basically with Tom Hanks and a dog named Hooch. Yeah. Um, it was really successful. It did do well at the box office. I think, you know, it was when Tom Hanks was kind of riding high in 89, just as he was starting to hit the whole, I'm a huge, huge yeah. fan, uh, box office star. Um, but they want to do a series out of it. Yeah. Instead of a rebooted movie, they, they're, they're looking to make a series out of it. And they're saying that they're not even sure if it's going to stay true to the format of what the movie was. So it, might, it could be something completely different. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I see this. I mean, they're going back to their roots, the going back to their stuff that they knew was successful and just like trying different stuff out, especially with series right now. They need more original series. Uh, you got the Lizzie McGuire thing. They need more original series that aren't Marvel, to right. be honest with you. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, if it's good, it's good. I mean, I trust Disney, to be honest with you. Yeah, and okay, they, they brought in Matt Nix, yeah. who did The Gifted and Burn Notice. Uh, by the way, I loved both The Gifted and Burn Notice. Yeah. They're both they're two brilliant shows. He's gonna write and executive produce. Now, okay, I'm glad he's you know he's getting to do something. There, I would have rather you just kept gifted. Right. I understand that that's a fighty decision now, but I would have rather. I really liked Gifted, yeah. and I was pissed off that they they got rid of it. It was like a really good adaptation of X Men. After you guys remember in Logan, Professor X kills all everybody. You know that's why he's on the run and all that. Kind of is the aftermath of all the mutants in hiding yeah. after all that. It was brilliant. I thought Matt Nix did a good job. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to say that I think Turner and Hooch will probably be pretty good because Matt Nix is really good. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, did, have you seen the trailer for uh, Togo with William Defoe, where he's the dog sled? Yes. It's basically, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Balto. Basic, it's basically, basically Balto. And it looks great, cinematically beautiful. So I can't wait for that one. That's the original film that they got coming out at the end of the year. So. Woo, woo, go Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now this this next one. Yeah. This next one. Will it or won't it beat Endgame? You know, Cameron's pretty confident he's going to take that crown back as the biggest movie of all time. I don't know. I think I think the only reason the first Avatar, we're talking about Avatar, of course, did what it did and became the biggest, highest grossing movie of all time until Endgame, uh, is because it was so new. The technology, yeah. everybody was like, oh. Agreed. I, I think that's worn off now. Yeah. Everybody's kind of doing that, so I don't think that's going to be. I don't but, think the story's strong enough. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You say the story isn't strong enough, but there's four of them. Exactly. There's four of them. And Ready a, to go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and apparently, yeah, they're all – after a long delay, uh, Cameron finally came out and said after the two-year delay because, remember, Avatar 2 was supposed to come out two years ago. But he said due to extensive underwater sequences that they realized needed some new technology that's what the delay was for but now he's saying that the avatar sequels are on track to hit their announced release dates the first one you know coming up in 2021 mm -hmm. um and he basically said he gave, from 2013 until now they've mostly designed the whole world across four movies that's what he was saying uh written finished scripts for all four 
we've cast them and the performance, meaning principal photography, has been done for two, three, and the first part of four. Mm. So now I guess they're all in the editing and special effects phases for Avatar 2, 3, and 4, and they're still, I guess, shooting four, but mm, I don't he's know. Trying to, he's trying to build his own franchise like Marvel. Everybody is competing with Marvel right now, I feel like. So, I mean, eh, I just don't think the story's there. I didn't like the story for the first one. Okay, I, it's a military, like project okay that's cool he was uh, freaking paralyzed now he could walk as like yeah. this alien thing but yeah I, it's, it's basically virtual reality yeah. but they're but it's real like aliens like you're you're virtually controlling an alien species exactly. like what the fuck that isn't that they, like created yeah, oh, yeah isn't that slavery right <laughs> Right. It's, it's kind of like Star Wars, the yeah, Clone Wars. Yeah, exactly. Like they clone the aliens exactly. and then they're freaking like taking over the bodies. It makes right. it uh, makes no sense. And then uh, I just – I mean I liked the first movie yeah. but I didn't think it was all that. I, no. I just – I didn't I didn't think Titanic was all that. Yeah, I don't understand exactly. why either one of those was the biggest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be interesting, man. Like I said, I just think he's trying to compete with – I mean – Avengers and all the other Marvel stuff coming out because yeah. I mean yeah. build the franchise and 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 even Aquaman because yeah. apparently Avatar two from what I understand takes place completely underwater yeah like oh yeah this whole world that we created in Avatar one there's also a whole world underwater, underwater. on that planet and so they're gonna show it all underwater like okay. Yeah. Do we want to see that? Right. Like, I liked Abyss, but that doesn't mean I want to spend the entire movie underwater. Right. Uh, even Aquaman didn't spend the entire movie underwater. Fuck. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> questionable decisions. Questionable decisions. Mm. Speaking of questionable decisions. Yes. Um, Empire showrunner Brett Moheny said that discussions are underway about possibly bringing Jesse Smollett back for the sixth season wrap-up for yeah. the finale. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I, I yeah. <sighs> Questionable they, decision. Yeah, they just had the fall finale, you know, uh a couple nights ago and um, you know, I, I no. It's stupid. Yeah. He, and here's his reasoning. And I kind of get his reasoning. I still agree with you. I think it's a stupid decision. He says that it would be weird in his mind to end this family show, this family drama in which Jussie played a significant part without seeing him. Yeah. And he says, it's fair to say that it's being discussed, but as of right now, there's no plans to bring him back and no decisions have been made. But I think the decision was <laughs> because Lee Daniels back in June after the whole kind of thing blew up or whatever said, absolutely not. He's done. He's written off. He ain't coming back. Yeah. And I feel like you're the showrunner, but Lee Daniels is kind of like... Well, I think it's just, this is a hard push from the cast, I feel like. We saw yeah. the support coming out after that whole thing, and I think they just want him back to have that final goodbye, honestly. But I don't think it's worth it. I think the fans are pissed, and that's why they lost so many viewerships. So I, I, I don't think it's worth it. I would agree, and and it be I you know because we talk about all the time on this show second chances and people have a right to earn a living and blah 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 blah. I think it would be a totally different situation if Jesse just came forward and said, "Look, man, I made a huge fucking mistake. Exactly. I was a dumbass. I'm sorry. I'm trying to redeem myself here. I'm trying to move past this and do a better job, be a better human being." I think that would be a totally different situation. Agreed. I'd say bring him back, Agreed. give the guy a second chance. But guys, he's suing fucking all the people in Chicago. He's still saying all of it was real. He's still saying like, like, like 
I, as, far, as long as that continues, I don't think there's any way in hell you should bring him back for the end of the show. Exactly. I, you know, exactly. Your shit stinks. Just admit it. It's yeah. fine. It's and I do fine. feel for the cast yeah. because they know Jussie. Yeah, exactly. And maybe they as knew Jussie before Jussie was the Jussie that he is now. Exactly. But until Jussie can get back to the Jussie he was prior to all this shit, I feel like it's just a, a smart move by Fox and and the the showrunners and everybody just to not have that happen. Yes, just yes. our just just our opinion, but yeah. you know, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. It's a very fluid situation, and we <laughs> shall be following it. Exactly, it's, it's fucking fluid. Fucking dumbass. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get into some business side of things. Mm. Uh, NBC Universal. Jeff Shell will succeed. Our Steve Burt as CEO of NBC Universal uh, show will take over the reins January 1st, starting the new year in 2020. Uh, reporting to Burke after Burke steps down on August 14th of 2020, so he's kind of being groomed into yeah, the position. eight months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he's taking over officially, but he's still going to be there yeah. with the other guy for eight months. Exactly. That's a, yeah. So then uh, we should say that after he leaves, uh, Shell will report directly to the Comcast CEO, which for anybody who doesn't know comcast owns nbc universal um that's interesting yeah we talk about this all the time the overall media business uh being in a state of flux right now because it's all changing to streamers yeah. you know we even hinted last week that you know my opinion and, and, and i think j-lo agrees is that you know network I mean, we talked about it last. Week. It didn't even get a single nomination for for the for the Golden Globes. Exactly. I, I feel like network broadcast TV might be on its way out, and we uh, at least every week at least one story is dealing with a switch in executives yeah, at these companies, for sure. and it's all about trying to gear up for the streaming and the exactly. move towards the streaming because that's where it's all at. Exactly. And, and I mean, I feel like this move is being done for that because the guy on his way out not capable, and the guy coming in more experience with. Yeah. You know. And I mean, I feel like the eight months there might be a little we we lay there or leeway there because freaking. If he shows more improvement and Comcast CEO sees, okay, we really don't need the grooming process anymore, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone by five months. Right. To be right. honest. So And we all know the CEO of ATT says he's likely to leave, which means Warner Media's CEO is gonna move up. So Warner Media is kinda now putting the feelers out to replace the, same, the, the yeah. yeah, first and we all know the biggie, the big one, the mouse house. Iger is out of there at twenty twenty one. So he says. <laughs> this wouldn't be the first time he's supposed to leave and doesn't. But I really do feel like, you know, especially reading the book, I just feel like he feels like he's done. Yeah. And if that is the case, if he does follow through on this one, whoo. Yeah. Whoever succeeds that, yeah. that's going to have to be a pick that, that – you know, because as we all know, that the Mouse House is ruling the world right now. Yeah, basically. And if and you make the wrong so choice with that, that could be a disaster. Yeah. So, um, we'll see. Right? It's so crazy. So crazy. Hey, guys. Do you guys watch The Voice? Jake Hoot. He was the... Uh, <laughs> Hoot, Hoot, Hoot. Hootie, as in uh, big Hootie, bluefish, Garth Brooks looking motherfucker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Won the voice this past week. Oh man, and it's Kelly Clarkson's uh, third win on her four seasons on the show. Yeah, she's kicking ass, yeah. right? And I mean, I was honestly surprised though. I thought it was gonna be her and Kate. What the I, fuck? I know. Or I really Kate. thought Kate would win. I mean, and Twitter blew up. Yeah. I think a lot of people wanted Kate to win. I was so surprised. Um, and and look, uh, is there some backlash? 
Yeah. Because you know this could this could be some con. Now now like you said, Jake is a big fella. He is. He's he's Garth Brooks on steroids. Yeah. He looks like if Garth Brooks were the Hulk. Is basically like this guy's huge. Yeah. Um. But I feel like there was a lot of backlash. I saw a lot of shit in my feed, at least on social media, about how. Kate didn't win because she's not what people expect people to look like in the yeah. day and age of videos and 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 st- and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. If that's the reason America didn't vote for her, we've got huge problems. Yeah. Because that woman could sing her fucking ass yeah. off. She. I, it just. I. I voted for her. I think she should have won. Not to take anything away from Jake. I think Jake's phenomenal. He did a great job too. I just. You know. It's going to be interesting moving forward to see yeah. how that all plays out. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it was always those two in the top two, but I would have given it to Jake just because, yes, she's really soulful, but I feel like she might not take care of her voice the way she belts things out. So yeah. that's the only reason yeah. I would vote for Jake instead of... And it has nothing to do with appearances. It's all about your vocal talents. What the fuck? And that's what so, the voice is all about, exactly. hence the blind auditions. Exactly. So, uh, so if... You know, people didn't vote for her because of the way she looks. Then that's yeah, that's ridiculous. that's ridiculous. And yeah, Rose, in my opinion, Rose could have won it easily yeah, as well. I, I mean, she can uh, get out there and belt it out too. Like, yeah. I mean, I just thought, I, I don't know. But uh, congratulations to Jake. I mean, I think uh, you know he'll have a huge country career, dude. When I mean, I mean, he did the little you know performance with um you know uh the band there he sounded like he was already a member and just like fit right in you know big country and uh i I was just like this guy's gonna be a huge career right no matter um, what if he wins or not and he's got fans that are called hooters yeah (laughs) i mean who's not gonna have a huge career when your fans are called hooters right right? like you know it's great anyway it's great stuff it's great stuff oh now going back to this story we've been reporting on it the past few weeks three weeks i believe yeah that's right guys we're talking about survivor and we're talking about um cbs they're instituting a series of guidelines regarding personal space and inappropriate behavior behavior on and how to report these issues for future seasons of the long-running reality show survivor yeah oh man the network of the show survivor uh, released a lengthy state- statement to outline a range of policies that and procedures that are being established in the aftermath of the con- uh, contestant and Hollywood talent manager Dan Spillo uh, being removed from the competition following his misconduct allegations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who, by the way, came out with the weakest fucking apology I've ever heard. I mean, it was like Weinstein week, okay? Like, this guy is just not... I'm not buying any they of it. They probably know each other. Um, <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Um, among the new rules, uh, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about with with, with Dan and, and the allegations and what went on, go back and listen to the past couple of episodes of the show. We go into detail greatly about what happened between him and not only fellow contestants, but behind-the-scenes production assistants as well. Go back and listen. But among the new rules that, that CBS is going to be implementing for the show uh, will be um, – Stating that unwelcome physical contact, sexual harassment, and impermissible biases cannot be brought into the competition and will be not permitted as part of the game. So remember the old hooking up, shacking up? That's yeah. a kind of a popular thing over mm-hmm. the, the – you know, you won't be able to do that anymore because yeah. you're not going to be allowed to bring any form of a relationship into the gameplay yeah. anymore. Um, they're also going to have an on-site professional to provide a confidential means of reporting anything that you might think is, is inappropriate. And 
They're going to have sensitivity training and actually bring in a third-party body to oversee the rules. So there's going to be somebody there all the time to be overseeing these people now and another person there all the time that you can go talk to if you feel like any of these rules are kind of being broken. So, yeah, Which makes um, sense. Um, but I, I did see Jeff Probes come out and the woman who was um, – making these allegations against the contestant the actual contestant uh she said the show jeff probe says the show needs to do better and i mean it's right it's true they need to have people on site to make sure that they can feel comfortable enough to report something to someone and take care of the situation because no one should ever feel like that no absolutely not i mean and, you know and even if in your mind you're trying to shack up with somebody to make an advantage in the game if they don't want right. that shack up you exactly. shouldn't it shouldn't be happening so exactly. i don't know they they we should say they did have their big finale they did announce the winner for this season it was not spilo yeah. <laughs> gone removed uh it was tommy sheehan uh he was crowned the winner uh, and uh interesting Interestingly enough, it, it's being called one of the most boring seasons and oh, wow. uneventful winners in the entire you know thirty nine season you know stuff. Um, and he didn't he made no bold moves. I guess he played Damn. pretty much under the radar the what whole the time and was never sent to to the island of idols. No. So and he won. So I all guess right. people are not happy with that. Yeah. Um, so, but there you go. We don't want to do all negative stuff. There's the winner. Congratulations. Enjoy the well, not million dollars because we all know you don't really get a million dollars. Right. But Enjoy like you know. six hundred and sixty thousand <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah. in some sense. That's right. But shout out to Tommy who won it. So good yeah. for him. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And I have one question for you. Do you feel the need for speed? I do, and I'm going to feed the need for speed because I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. Dude, I was all in in the 80s. I'm all in now. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I love this, too. Paramount, if you guys didn't see it, and what the fuck if you didn't, they dropped the uh, the new uh, Top Gun Maverick trailer, and oh, my gosh, man. <sighs> Look, I was around for the original, okay? it $15 million budget, $356 million worldwide. That would be the equivalent now of spending like, you know, $100 plus million, maybe $200 million, and banking, you know, $2 billion right. at that. I mean, if, if you were to do it for inflation. It, it was a huge, huge hit. And in the follow-up, in the trailer, Maverick shows off a new class of fighter pilots, how to duck. There's this great scene where he flies in between two fucking planes. Yeah. Bad and we all know if you guys haven't seen it it's about goose's son mm -hmm. goose's son is amongst the the pilots that that maverick is training i don't understand the age there something is wrong with the whole age thing yeah. if it's taking place in modern day this kid was uh, he should miles teller should be much older yeah. uh but we're gonna just uh, go over that i'm gonna ignore that i'm gonna forget that continuity shit it yeah. looks badass it does look really good i mean i feel like it's gonna do its justice for the first film so i mean kudos to them and kudos to bringing back a popular franchise that hopefully they don't like drag it on too long and beat it to death but yeah. hopefully like maybe this will be a closing of the chapter or like a stepping stone for miles teller's character in to take movies. over that yeah. would be you know, much like they've done with rocky with creed exactly. and stuff That's that would be saying. a good idea i think to to have the mentor kind of pass on to yeah the, you know the new breed and and tom cruise talks very affectionately about it saying he he calls the film a love story for aviation yeah you know and and you know after top gun is when he became a pilot he oh, wow. he loved it so much yeah. he became a got his pilot's license owns his 
own plane and you know i mean so he really does have that passion yeah. for it so i hope that translates but i, I love it yeah and what's the old thing you know i talk about it, but if it ain't broken don't fix it yeah basically. well this film has the same theme song the same scenes he's on a motorcycle he's flying some crazy shit in the sky yeah. he does a flyby of the thing everything that worked in the first one is also in this one exactly. so it should work hell yeah it should hell work yeah. i mean it's it's like a love and hate relationship, honestly, because I love the idea of bringing back a classic old story and telling it in a way, a new way. But at the same time, it's not a new idea. So it's right. not an original story. We I want to see more new things. And which, I mean, we are. We saw Honey Boy a couple days ago and fuck, man. Yeah, so good. Honey Boy. But like you said, if it does what, what Creed did for Rocky. Yeah. I mean, Creed in an essence wasn't an original story it was just rocky but now with the with the yeah. protege but it did it in such a way that it transitioned and kept the story yeah. you know original and new for an old story if like you said i think that's a good idea if top gun does that and passes the torch then i think they're in good shape yeah so agreed. yeah we'll see agreed what's not in good shape is uh star trek yeah seriously well, well I, that's misleading they yeah, announced that there's two new star trek movies on the board coming and in the works and they're really excited about that the bad news that i was referring to is one of them however appears to no longer be quentin tarantino's star trek film. yeah exactly i think he's just trying to cherry pick which one's going to be his last film if 10 will really be his last right, film right because we do not know um he might be stepping away from the directing the rated r version of the star trek that he cooked up with jj abrams uh we don't know he hasn't really had the official conversation with those guys yet but we all know that he's always said 10 is gonna be the only films that he's making 10 films altogether. but I don't know, man. I think he's just trying to figure out what to do next in this new day. Yeah, age. I mean, his official statement was he's steering away from it at the moment. Yeah. But then I just think he's confused. Yeah. Because he also talked about that, you know, uh, Kill Bill Three, mm -hmm. and, and like, but now he's saying, no, 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 I didn't mean a movie. I mean, I have a, a stage show of that, a right. play yeah. for it. I'm like, what? Do you know what you want to do? I feel like he doesn't. Like, I, yeah, listen. It, Maybe you should just end it on Once Upon a Time because it was fucking it was brilliant. brilliant. It yeah. was – if you're going to go out, that should be the one you go out on. And because he's – I feel like he's confused after that one. It was so good. It's like you, you hit the pinnacle. Like what do you do after Box that? Box office success and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe maybe that kind of got him like flustered a little bit about what to do next. Yeah. Because do you want to follow that up with a dud? Right. Exactly. I, I mean yeah, I wouldn't. So yeah. I don't know. We'll keep you up to date on it though because I know a lot of people were looking forward to a rated r star trek from tarantino and who wouldn't yeah but, i mean honestly honestly but this next one i don't know if people are looking forward to because i, I don't know if they want to see like 40 plus year old men hurt themselves anymore no um paramount has announced a march 5th of 2021 release date for the fourth jackass movie guys they're coming out with another one basically fucking that one movie that we went and saw um forget what it's yeah, called with johnny knoxville with, johnny yeah. knoxville with uh, uh, a theme park and it was basically hurting that was jackass yeah like yeah it was just so fucking stupid but the mtv based reality show uh the stunt prank show had launched in 2000 and created by johnny knoxville spock johns and jeff termine uh paramount took the brand to the big screen in 2002 uh, through three movies to date, and the franchise has racked up $335 million, but I think that 
they're beating a dead horse. <laughs> I mean, I don't under, I, I mean, I don't know how much they shoot these things for. I, I mean, I haven't seen Probably budgets nothing. for them. Yeah. But I mean, three hundred and thirty-five million dollars over three films in the grand scheme of things is not that much. That's only like a hundred and ten million a film. Yeah. And I mean. It, Okay, maybe they're making a huge profit off of it because they they shoot it for shit. But I mean, it, do we want it? Like you said, I, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm kind of done with it. I, yeah. it. Just, I mean, you can only hurt themselves. They can only hurt themselves in so many ways that yeah. is comedic. And I mean, there's so many people that are in different places of their lives. Like, it's not going to be the original crew. Ryan Dunn's gone. Bam Margera's having problems with alcoholism and drug abuse. Like, it's just, it's not the same anymore. And so. wouldn't you if you fucked up your body after so many times, after so many years? Exactly. Like, I mean, I don't uh, know. It's so crazy. Here, I'm trying to look up to see what the budget on there was and you know what you're looking it up on imdb pro <laughs> the go-to source man exactly you can find everything on that app yeah seriously you can you can i'm looking up uh jackass number two because i believe that was probably their mo their peak of success yeah, if yeah. you will uh, especially theatrical release and the budget on that was i mean 12 million estimated so, so they're they're kind of making these for dirt cheap i'm guessing they're just going to locations and trying to get things that's what they're spending stuff on but i mean like i said i don't know if it's really worth it anymore so. no i, I eh, we'll keep you up to date but like, I, I don't think it's gonna do well yeah i seriously. think people are kind of over it but yeah agreed agreed quibby man quibby the underdog Yes, I mean Jeffrey Katzenberg, man, he is coming out. He's fired up. Hell yeah. They keep it. It seems like every other day they're announcing something, and yeah. this one's a biggie, man. They're teaming with Fifty Cent. Yeah, yeah, Curtis Jackson, and, and no surprise here because uh, much like the Hallmark Christmas movies, the other one that everybody is trying to capitalize on is superheroes right now. Because why not? Well, Fifty Cent is coming up with an animated superhero series based on the comic Trill League. Mm. Trill League centers on a team of black superheroes who, in an era of social injustice and internet trolls, are tasked with saving the world from monsters, supervillains, and haters of all kinds. Oh, nice. That sounds <laughs> interesting. I mean... Yeah. <coughs> Oh, excuse me, it's got me all choked up. Yeah. The series is going to uh, also satirize modern American society uh, via its remixed rendition of favorite superheroes. Nice. So that oh, that'll yeah. be it. So they're going to kind of like make poke fun at you know some maybe mainstream superheroes. That sounds interesting. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Look, he's had a lot of success. He's also the executive producer of Power. Yeah. Um, I mean, th th this guy's killing it on, on the TV side right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, and superheroes are doing good look and kudos you, you know the the movement forward on this project probably in great reasoning was due to the success of raising dion oh yeah for which sure. which you know took an african-american focused superhero and family and, and storyline and put it to the forefront and did it successfully so i feel like there's gonna we're gonna see a lot of that try to capitalize on the success that raising dion saw yeah so um you know kudos i i hope it does well i, I you know i'm all for seeing more of that yeah and i mean and, he's teamed up with the creators of south park as yeah well, which to get this done so 
hopefully better animation because i mean that animation is for that and this animation will be for this but you know well they certainly know satire it's so if true. they're going to be poking fun at like modern superheroes that's going to be interesting Hell yeah. to say the Hell very yeah. least that's not the only thing quibi is announcing nope. this week uh they are also developing a scripted series dead spots from sony pictures television guys yes that's right that's sony's pictures yes uh the series is based on a book by melissa f olsen and described in an official logline, Dead Spots is an urban fantasy dramedy about a lowly janitor for Los Angeles supernatural community who cleans up their messes in order to keep the old world hidden from humanity. Uh, she completely under is underappreciated and underpaid until she embraces her ability to turn the power powerless. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah, like, I mean, what? basically, it's like Supernatural meets Ghostbusters meets, you know, uh, Made in Manhattan. Right. <laughs> There's my elevator pitch. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, this is an interesting concept. I mean, it could prove to be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, you know, because who – I mean, you do have to clean up after all their shit, you know? So, like, exactly. it, it's going to be interesting. But one thing is for sure, keep your eye out for Quibi. Yeah, seriously. And remember, this is a streamer, but only on your phone. This is a complete app, phone app, mobile streaming platform, and they're and they're making these projects specifically for that. Mm -hmm. So, man, I mean, they're they're killing it though. They're getting some biggies. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And speaking of a biggie, one of our personal friends and a friend of the podcast, man, Keena Ferguson is just killing it right now. Yeah, in Atlanta. yeah. And look, huge shout out to her. Keena was one of our very first guests, mm -hmm. like, and and our first guest from like a huge project, exactly. Atlanta, that 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 came on the show. So we will forever be grateful for Keena. And and man, yeah, you're right. She's killing it, bro. Mm -hmm. She's reoccurring on a BET's drama series right now, Sisters, uh, on the from the BET Networks and Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, Sisters follows a group of single black females as they navigate their complicated love lives, careers, friendships throughout the ups and downs of living in a modern world of social media and unrealistic relationship goals. So, yep. and this makes sense. And she just booked Seal Team. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. And she, on this show, she made her debut last night, and she was live tweeting throughout the whole thing. So that's pretty badass. Um, so if she's going to be doing that every week, that's going to be good. And she kind of plays like this no nonsense private investigator kind yeah. of a thing to help out. Um, and I mean, look, she's no stranger. She's won the NAACP award for her one woman show. She's been on Atlanta. She's been on SWAT. I mean, th she's no stranger to huge hits. So this congratulations, man. I, I just think this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. And like I said, SEAL Team, I'm super excited for that. Luis uh, Jose Lopez just also booked that one as well, who we're going to try to get on the show as well. So congratulations to them. They're rocking it. Yes, 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 yes. And another one of our OG guests <laughs> from The Walking Dead, Jason Warner Smith. He's got some huge news. Jason Warner's received a 2019 Broadway World Atlanta Awards nomination for Best Actor in a Play Professional division yeah um it's for his work in the laramie project and our town uh yes slash our town he actually is it takes this whole thing is a is two different plays as done as one um he plays uh editor um webb in our town and in the laramie project he plays eight different characters so mm -hmm. that that's like crazy good we had the uh pure enjoyment of seeing him live uh a, 
uh, what a year and a half ago. Uh, and, uh, this guy is a phenomenal in a uh, Blackbird play. Phenomenal theater actor, guys. Like if you loved him on Walking Dead, I mean he's awesome on Walking Dead, and he's a great you know performer on film and television. But it, it, it unreal up close and personal in theater, man. This guy's got it. So. If you want, and we would greatly appreciate it because we like to help out everybody that we can and, and give shout-outs to where they can. He, you got to vote for him to win this award. We got the link in our bios on social media. If you follow us on Twitter and um, Instagram, you'll see the link that you can click on to go vote for him. Please go vote for him. Let's try to get him this win for this award because it's going to be well-deserved. And congratulations, Jason. That's awesome, bro. Hell yeah. Now it is time for our guest segment. Oh, man. Number one movie in the country right now, Jabanji Next Level. And this guy's been in a whole bunch of things. Dark Knight Rises and just so many more. Uh, Masi Farlan coming on the show to talk about his career, what he's got coming up, what he's done in the past, and some heartfelt moments, man. Stuff that we were not expecting. Yeah, no, yeah. This guy is awesome, to be uh, honest. One thing for sure, definitely inspiring. You guys will be inspired by it. And, he, and like I said, he, he, you might hear a really good impersonation. The guy started as a stand-up comic. It's true. So if you don't know, but he, he might or might not throw out a great impersonation of a person that we're pretty confident that you know. And he may give a little really entertaining story about Mario Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> what? An entertaining story about Mario Lopez? <laughs> what? But you gotta listen, so you know. Oh, yeah. Here he is. Hello. Hello, Massey Furlon. Welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Hello. How are you? Doing great, man. How are you today? I'm doing great. A little cold. <laughs> a little cold. I hear you. It's getting that time of year. Well, you're talking to myself, Dustin, and uh, Logan today. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Well, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited about it, and congratulations. We want to just start off. Congratulations on Jumanji, the next level, number one movie in America right now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's exciting stuff. We're definitely going to be talking about that because uh, we know we got a lot of listeners excited about that one. But what we like to do is kind of start off. We do have a lot of people in the uh, listening that are trying to get into the industry themselves and, and have a you know a vast knowledge of the entertainment industry. And we always like to try to share our guests' backstory a little bit. So what we like to do is start off with how did you get involved in the industry? Was acting something you always wanted to do, or how did it come about? Well, when I was uh, younger in Italy, I was doing stand-up comedy. I, you know, I, I always enjoy comedy, and you know, I, I always enjoy make people laugh and mm -hmm. smile. And then I, I moved to Miami in 1998 because okay. my brother, my brother was working in there. He was an executive chef at the very popular Italian restaurant called Tiramisu. So I went in there and. Uh, you know, and I, and I started working actually in the, in the restaurant industry. I was teaching guys how to make pizza and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then I got tired, you know, and I want to go back to my my passion, which is being an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a couple of jobs in Miami, uh, but Miami doesn't really offer much for, for you know for actors. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of production going on going on in there. Right. And uh, what was struck that. The, 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 the big step was that I got I booked this like great commercial with a uh, Canon commercial with Maria Sharapova the tennis player yes and, and uh, you know so I become uh, became like a union actor I, I joined SAG and I was like okay it's time to make the move and I moved to Los Angeles Hollywood terrible mistake by the way because <laughs> 
because uh, I think uh, you know coming right away uh, with, with with less training with a little training coming straight to Los Angeles is, is not ideal for someone that want to you know do this job someone that wants to be an actor so I always you know suggest uh, uh, actors that want, want you know people that want to be an actor to go to smaller places like for, for, for example uh, Atlanta in Georgia right there is a a lot of productions in there, a lot of movies. It's the number one city in the world for uh, feature films. Mm. In fact, I shot there, uh, Jumanji, and I also shot there, uh, Bad Boys for Life. So that, that would be the best place that I suggest uh, someone to go, uh, because you, you can build your resume with maybe a little smaller role and stuff. You can see what's going on on set, learn, you know, how how it works on set and then you know if, if you like it and you you know you can make the move and come to los angeles so i didn't know better i came <laughs> straight to los angeles so it took me like about two or three years to to adjust you know it was a big it was a big jump from from miami to 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 hollywood oh absolutely absolutely it, it's quite the culture shock isn't it when you get out here <laughs> oh yes absolutely yes yeah so talk about that a little bit uh, yeah, yeah yeah i mean yeah, how did the whole, whole process go did you struggle to find an agent i mean how, how did you eventually get your foot in the door and get started in film well luckily enough uh, i had my 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 agent in miami that i wanted to moved to Los Angeles so she moved here as well oh, there you and go. she started and she was my manager here at first so I started booking a few things here and there with her and then uh, you know I was able to find a commercial agent get some commercial going and then you know with, 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 with the building the resume and I had a chance to get some meetings with some agency and I was lucky enough you know to find good, good people to, to help help me you know Absolutely, absolutely, and it, it takes that. It takes a good team around you and a lot of luck, right? I mean, <laughs> well, it takes luck too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you you are lucky, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. We hear so many times with our guests, you know, that when you're out there and, and in this industry, it can be such a beast that ninety percent of the time you're auditioning and working about ten percent of the time. That is that you know, it's a constant struggle, and and you know, I, I got to imagine that that it was pretty difficult to come. Over and jump right in, but you do get lucky. You do get you, you do work hard. You get in and you get your first feature film role, right? Uh, for getting Sarah Marshall, what was that like? Uh, that, that, that was like uh, that was one of my first job I did here. That uh, actually on that movie that was like a feature background, which mm -hmm. means uh, you know you don't really have dialogue, but it's one of the one of the background that they pick to be in the scene, so right. they make you do some action stuff like that. So but that that was fun though. I really liked that movie. It was a very fun movie, and we shot here in Los Angeles, and then, you know, we're, we're pretend to be in Hawaii. I, I wish I would have gone to Hawaii. You know? Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> same thing with Jumanji. Funny enough, when I when my agent called me and she told me that I booked Jumanji, I was all excited. I said, well, I'm going to pack my surfboard. I'm right. Going to <laughs> and then I went to Atlanta. And then two weeks later, my agent called me and said, hey, you got Bad Boys 3. I'm, I'm like, oh, great, because I'm from Miami. I'm mm -hmm. going to go back to Miami, see my friends. I said, no, you're going back to Atlanta, Georgia. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, though, I mean, that, I'm glad you brought it up, though, because, you know, Hollywood South, if you will, it really has kind of just taken off and it is booming. And a lot of the major studios are, have so many productions in Atlanta right now that I, I really do feel like that's a place to get your feet wet. 
Absolutely, and uh, you know, also you know, Louisiana is also pretty good. Oh yeah, Orleans, but they have a lot of a lot of going on, and then you know. Uh, the rest that they can shoot here, they go to Vancouver and Toronto, you yep. know, in Canada. That's, I mean, if you're Canadian, that's a good place to be too, <laughs> you know. So, but no, no, it, it, it is it's absolutely the, the, my first choice to, to tell an actor to go Atlanta or New Orleans for sure. Absolutely, and we've had a lot of people on the show like yourself uh, who have been through Atlanta and New Orleans and, and have done pretty well before making the jump out there to L.A. Um, so, so talk about the experience uh, of Jumanji. Because I know we have so many listeners excited to hear that. So we found out that The Rock actually has a weakness, and it's you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) No spoilers there, but uh, you know. Um, What was it like? uh, At the premiere, when I went to to say hi on the red carpet, he actually got scared and said, No, Switchblade! (laughs) (laughs) It's a fantastic role. I mean, it's hilarious from start to finish. And, uh, I mean, I just thought the whole role and, and, you know, that we find out he's finally got a weakness and what and what, what gets right. to him. So, absolutely hilarious. What's it like? I mean, that cast is phenomenal. What, what's it like to work with those people? And just tell us about the experience, man. It, it, it was great. It, you know, it was obviously, it was, you know, a great experience. Uh, I know Jack Black because, you know... Uh, we, we play a celebrity poker tournament for charity a couple of, a couple times a year, and he goes. Actually, I think he's in Italy right now because you know he has a band that he plays music, right? Uh, and, and then they play. I think he has a concert and uh, a tour in, in Italy right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I knew him. And uh, my favorite character in the movie is uh, is played by Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is. I mean, everybody did a great job, but but that that will be my favorite uh, character in the movie. He is so funny. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, and then of course, I mean, you know, working, you know, working with uh, with with, D, uh, with DJ was, you know, it was. I mean, he's the biggest star in the world. Yeah. What you gonna do? And 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 in fact, like you know, not to repeat what you said, but you know. I didn't know, I didn't pay attention that uh, Blackstone, which is uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, mm-hmm. never had a weakness mm-hmm. before. Right. So this is, this is the first time he has a weakness. And then, and then you know, my character is, to be honest, Switchblade is carrying a bazooka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. With a bazooka. That's right. Be, uh, a good weakness for anybody. But, you know. That, that, that was a lot of fun. We did this, this great scene. We have like a, a big group of uh, background actors, who I will say about 40, 45. Mm-hmm. A- everything, the costume, the, 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 the makeup was magnificent. It was, it was fantastic. We did this scene with torches that were running. Well, you, you, you'll see, you know, for the, the, the audience that mm-hmm. is listening, when yeah. they go to see the movie, they'll, they'll see that part. And uh, it, 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 it was great. I, I, my, my favorite part in the movie I mean, my favorite part of my character is what, you know, and uh, I won't go into details, not to, 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 to spoil it. Right. But uh, I, I improvise, you know, as an actor, sometimes you, 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 you know, you, you, you feel you have got, got, you know, to go with something, you improvise something. So I improvise something funny. And uh, the best the best thing that happened to me on set was Jake, the director, come to me and say, oh, my God, Massey, that was so funny. <laughs> so, I, I know, Jake Kazan is it, it, a big comedy director and oh, like sure. you know people don't know anything about me in the stand-up comedy being funny or anything like that so that was a great compliment for me and I, i'm looking forward to you know to make people laugh instead of killing people or getting killed right 
I saw uh, uh, I, I saw the first eleven TV shows I did. I died eleven times. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that, that that's a great uh, ratio for 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 a, for a comedian, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> saw that uh, red carpet interview. You were like, I am the bad guy, but I'm wearing this pink suit, so I want to look <laughs> right. like the nice guy. I was trying to mislead people, yes. But yeah. then again, you know, there, there's nothing you can do about the face and the accent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or the name Switchblade. I mean, you know, it kind of gives you away there. But, <laughs> but um, well, that's what, you know, you've been, you bring up the television. Man, you've been in some huge hits, man. Well, I mean, Grey's Anatomy, uh, True Blood, NCIS LA. Just, I mean, so both in film and television, man, you've had the opportunity to work on some uh, significant size projects. Right, I was also on. I like to mention on the assassination of Johnny Versace. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And three Golden Globes. Yep. And that was one of my very few times that I didn't kill anybody because I was playing a gay designer for, you know, for, for Donatella Versace, which was played by Penelope Cruz. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was also, you know, a great experience. And uh, about TV show, I was a Supernatural, which I play a priest, and there will be. The second time that I didn't kill anybody. Well, I'm getting, the, I'm becoming a good guy. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I played a priest, and uh, didn't get killed. So maybe I'll go back. Now they're shooting the last season. You never know. You never know. But uh, but in SDS, uh Los Angeles, uh, <laughs> the best. But I remember when the, the episode came out, I got a bunch of people and you know sending me tweeting. Well, I don't really use Twitter, but on Instagram or social media, they were like very upset because I was like uh, my character uh, was torturing LA Cool and then I was torturing also Eric Olsen, which is the the, the, the blonde uh, right. the blonde kid that plays the lead. Yep. and I I drilled the tooth out of this guy. I was draining a tooth on this guy's mouth and it was so crazy and and, and, and it's so you know, it, 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 it was it was crazy. <laughs> and so people people were like, "Oh, this guy's gonna die. He has to die. What is he doing that to these people? Why?" And it, it was like, and I remember shooting the scene. Uh, Eric, the actor, it was like, it was tough because you know, to me, uh, you have a stranger, you know, going in your mouth with right, the right. <laughs> you know? And it was like he was so pale. I remember he he asked the director, "Can, can Yeah, because it was tough. But then, but then, uh, you know, the funny part that when I went back for the uh, for the second episode, uh, I at the table read, I, I made a, <laughs> I made a speech, and I said, if anybody anybody needs a Ruth Canal, I have fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of the comedian coming back out, right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See? Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, we know you have at least one more bad guy role in you because you're going to be a villain in uh, Bad Boys, right? Bad Boys for Life. Uh, yes, I played the biggest uh, drop kingpin in Miami. Mm. Uh, there you go. Yeah, the, the character is called Lee Tagling. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure about the name, but uh, I, I'm not sure I look like Lee. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was it was also great. It was I remember I was in Atlanta. It was very cold that week. I was there. It was super cold. We, we shot a night, and uh, and and I remember the director telling me all the background. Say, guys, we are in Miami, so please remember remember that 
it's not cold in Miami mm. because it was like I think it was like 30 35 degrees Ooh. 36 degrees oh. and we were supposed to be in Miami in the scene and every, you know everybody was cold obviously right. and, 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 and he shows on camera so I remember the director the two directors actually telling people hey guys hey remember it's very hot it's very humid <laughs> you're sweating I'm like <laughs> it was crazy but okay, it was a lot crazy. of fun yeah that one was also I'm looking forward because you know this is probably the last bad boys that we have and then a lot of fans that have been waiting for a long time i believe what 15 years now oh yeah oh absolutely God. absolutely so you got a little knack of hanging out with some significantly large stars my friend i mean will smith <laughs> will smith and and, and dwayne uh, rock johnson i'd say you're doing pretty good man yeah, I know what's his name. Uh, Mario Lopez put me on the spot on the Jumanji premiere because on the, on the red carpet, you know, I did an interview with him, and uh, it was funny because he told he asked me, "Well, you're in Bad Boys and you're in Jumanji, so which combo you're gonna pick between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart?" So my my politically correct answer was Mario what kind of question you asked me I still gotta work in Hollywood I can't answer that right like, that <laughs> but is then, hilarious but then, but then we kind of warm up in the interview so at the end I told him you know what we are the Jumanji premiere so the answer is Dwayne Johnson again. there you go <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I told him and when we have the premiere of Bad Boys for Life my answer will be Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Absolutely. That's how you work it. That's how you work it. Well, you also work right. with some uh, big directors. You work with Ben Affleck, right? And then uh, Live by Night. How was that? Live, live by Night, yeah. That, that was also a great experience. Uh, I, it's probably one of the, the experiences I will remember the most for uh, an unfortunate reason. I was diagnosed with uh, throat cancer. Oh, oh my uh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I was diagnosed uh, with throat cancer two days before my audition for that movie. So uh, I'm surprised that I went to the movie with a, with, a, with a clear mind. I mean, I went to the audition with a clear mind. But yeah, after I booked, you know, I, I find out I got the job, and uh, but I shot like seven or eight months after I got the job uh, after my audition. So I, I went through all the treatment, chemotherapy, and then radiation, and then uh, I went. Yeah, I went to shoot the movie, and I remember when I went to do the fitting, the 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 lady, the custom designer, she saw me. She said, "Oh my God, you're so skinny!" I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go. I lost mm -hmm. the job." <laughs> and she was like, "And then she was like, thank you very much for losing weight. Everybody was skinny in 1920s, and this is a period movie.'" Oh, I was like, you welcome, lady. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to mention. You know, I didn't want to mention anything to anybody. I, I, I had. I had a, tube sticking out of my stomach because I couldn't oh get myself so and I was taping the tube to my stomach you know mm. under the costume you know to about you know not to be seen right. and then you know that and everything went well we, we shot and then that was fantastic everybody in the movie was great including Grandma Girone the, the Italian actor that played my boss and uh, and uh, I told uh, Ben at the, at the premiere at the, at the, the after party at the premiere actually about you know that, that, that little Thing. But you know, I kept it like down low. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, cancer-free now. I, I'm hoping. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. That's good. Good. I just went to the visit, like, uh, to my checkup visit a week ago. So, yeah, everything good. Thank God. Well, uh, look, man, thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. That's really inspiring. Uh, honestly, you don't let anything stop you. You don't let anything get in the way. You take it head on, man, and, and it all worked out. And, and like you said, who knew, right? You lose a little weight in the process. Works out better for the role. I mean, you know, I just. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, we did one, one of the, the first screening for Live by Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben was there and um, Chris Messina was there that plays uh, you know one of the lead actors yeah. right. and, I re- and I remember Ben Affleck uh, mentioning I said, he, he made a speech I said well and I want to I want to thank uh, Chris Messina is a very committed actor this guy gained 40 pounds for this role Man. so I felt like I, I want to stand up and say well I lost 45 right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're Someone gained 40, someone lost 45. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's so, a fantastic yeah. story, man. Fantastic story. So, so, I mean, like I said, your story altogether is inspiring. So you got you got, you got, got the little bit of a cooking cooking background. Anybody on the set ever get you to find out about your background and say, you know, whip you up something? Uh, well, you know, like I said, you know, my, my brother's a chef. And, right. Uh, and I, I'm a... Uh, I was the, the, the pizza guru, the, the, the expert in Miami. I opened like a six, six pizza places. Oh, I was wow. Training, I was training guys how to make pizza. I was making my own recipe for the pizza dough and stuff, and I was making the menu. So I did that for a few years, uh, back and forth. And then I was, I was, I was staying, uh, I was in Miami for the, for the winter, which is the best time. And then the summer I was going to Martha's Vineyard and I was, <laughs> I was teaching tennis in Martha's Vineyard. Wow! So, wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of things going on, and then when I was in the, when I was young, and just to throw one more thing in there, when I was young and I was in Italy, I was in the army. I was flying helicopters for the oh, Italian wow. army, and we flew the Pope Jean Paul II in, the, in 1989. Mm. Oosh, I forgot. I shouldn't say the dates because then people figure it out that I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, nah, I, nah I we'll just cut story, that right out. I can see people counting and say. We'll just cut that right out, Massey. Nobody will know. All right, let's cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> it was last week, even though he died three years that, that, <laughs> So I'm just going to throw out the idea here. We're going to bring it all full circle. Yeah, you you want to play a good guy now? I'm, I'm seeing romantic comedy. You've got the pizza background. We'll just do a Mystic Pizza sequel starring you. It'll be a great comedy. You'll be a good guy role. It'll be fantastic. That's fantastic. Julia Roberts is going to be in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't do a Mystic Pizza without her, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, that sounds great. You know, I'm looking forward. You know, I'm now I'm producing a movie. Uh, it's not, unfortunately, it's not a comedy. It's a psychological thriller slash horror. It's about the the you know, it's about a, a me- me- mental illness. So yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a you know, it's a good subject. It's very up to date now. And uh, yeah, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to do some comedy. Maybe perhaps with Jay Kazan the director Jumanji yep hopefully yep. you know he remembers me for next project next comedy that would be great absolutely well let's talk about it a little bit what do you have coming up do you do you want to see yourself in the director's chair at some point or do you just want to continue with the acting career where do you see your, yourself going over the next few years I'm getting uh, I'm getting more um, into the producing aspect right now you know mm-hmm. I, I, I love acting and I'm going to keep 
you know, obviously I'm going to keep acting. But uh, I, I like the producing aspect of this. You know, I, I know a lot of people. I, I'm good at uh, connecting the dots, mm -hmm. let's say. Uh, as far as for directing, maybe down, maybe down the line, maybe down the road, it, you know, but uh, it's not really my focus. So not everybody wants to direct. You know, I, I think a lot of you know, I'm, I'm a little OCD too. So when I watch movie, I see uh, every time I see mistakes in every movie, continuity, right. all that stuff. And I, I have a pretty decent eye for that. But uh, maybe down the road, for now, I'm, I'm happy with the acting and, and producing. That's that's right. Well, we always need good producers. You yeah, don't hear exactly. too many people say they want to jump into the producing side of it. So it's nice to hear somebody say that. You yeah. know. Um, yeah, and also, you know, it, it, there is a lot of actors that do the, the, the transition from acting and, and and directing, and then a lot of them they just stick with the directing. Uh, a great a great guy that I know, it's uh, Justin Baldoni, is uh, he was the lead, one of the lead actors on Jane the Virgin. Mm -hmm. Uh, great, great guy, and uh, he started directing, and he did this movie, a fantastic movie called uh, Five Feet Apart. Mm, yeah. Oh my goodness, the movie was like, it was just a fantastic movie, and and I was looking the other day, I said, let me see how this movie did, you know, in the box office. Well, it was this, uh, I don't know, I think five or seven million dollar budget movie, they made 94 million. Right, yeah. So there we go. Hollywood sees that you know it's a great, fantastic director. But you know that's you know a, a lot of times you know they, they see they go by you know by success by the box office. So right. this guy career is like unstoppable right now, and he deserves it because he's a real good director. You know, as you know, a lot of times movie. <laughs> I make a joke. I say, well, if the movie doesn't do well on the box office, that means it's eligible for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you don't know how right that is. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> and I keep making jokes, and people get upset when I'm, ta I'm talking about the Irishman or how this movies came out now. I'm like, I try not to get into it. You know, people ask me, you know, what do you think about? Oh, you know, let me let me keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but, you know, but, that, but that that's that's the, the magic the magic thing. The, the movie, you know, flop the box office immediately go to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's what happened, man. It's crazy. It's crazy so world we live in. I guess Jumanji is doing very well at the box office, so we most likely won't go to the Oscar. <laughs> well, you know, there's upsides and downsides, right? I mean, you know. Look, I got to tell you, you you, you have the, 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 the politics side of it down for producing. You know what to say, what not to say. You know where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah, ooh, about politics, there's no going to that. It's fake news. It's not. Why does everybody hate me? <laughs> right, right, right. And then my family, nearly every time I call my brother, every time he goes like, seriously, man. But what's wrong with that guy? So, yeah, I wish, I wish we knew. I wish he knew, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I love, though, that you interject humor into it all because it is a really serious time and it is, you know, some stuff. It, it, it's good to have a little bit of, to be able to laugh about it a little bit, right? Right, right, absolutely, yes. <laughs> so what advice would you have, uh, you know, for people trying to break into the industry? We know you said earlier at the top of the interview to try to, like, avoid L.A. at first and get your feet wet in smaller markets or, or, or whatever, but what other advice would you have or maybe what kind of pitfalls would you suggest to avoid for people trying to get into the industry? Uh, well, you, you, you have to know, you know, well, besides, you know, like I said, to go to a you know, be committed. Uh, I would say not. 
don't give up because it's not it's not it's not an easy job you know mm-hmm. it's not an easy, an easy industry there's a lot of BS like in, in everything uh, yes right but uh, I, I would absolutely I would say you know study take take some acting classes see how you like it and uh, you can you know get you you know, you know your foot out there get an agent try to go out and audition because a lot of times actors you know they, they get nervous they go to the audition and they, 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 they can't so there's a lot of actors they don't audition well but they're still great actors and, and vice versa so <clears throat> You know, get your foot out there. You know, get an agent, get a, an acting class, do acting classes, and, and and see and see how you like it. And if you want to keep pursuing, you know, keep in mind, you know, it's, it's not, you know, like like I said, it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult uh, industry. So, and then there is this great actor. He's one of my favorite actors that is playing a lead on one of my favorite TV shows, Jason. Uh, Bateman mm-hmm. on Ozark. He said it when he won when he won the Emmy and the Golden Globe. He said, "Listen, for all the actors out there, you are one job away, you know, from 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 making it. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you, you're trying. You know, right? You are one, one audition away, one job away. So keep pursuing, you know, the acting if you like it. And, and, and keep in mind, you know." It, when I when I first moved here, I was getting excited because you know I was a new face here in Hollywood. It's like, right. oh my goodness, every single person you meet in the street—they're all actors, they're all producers, they're all directors—and keep in mind that everybody has a role for you. So the first the first month I was here, I had like seven or eight offers. And, oh, we have like you know, make sure you 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 know you you pay attention, do your research because then you know, like I said, there's a lot of Yes. Right. Yeah. I was okay. I was attached to eight projects and within a month, and none of those eight projects ever went through. So, yep. you know, it gives you the excitement, but then when they don't come through, you know, you kind of get get down. So, you know, keep your head up, do your classes, the acting classes, and then don't pay attention to do all the bullshit and then and then and, and, and social media stuff and, and, and everything. Just you know, do the diligent work. There you go. Great advice. Yeah, seriously. Love it. And you bring up social media, so tell everybody where they can follow you because we want everybody to follow you and, and, and keep up to date with what's going on. Well, I have a red Sonata, I, a Hyundai Sonata. They can follow me if they see it. I have an Italian flag in the, in the back of the car. <laughs> there you go. They can follow me there. There you go. They can follow me on Instagram with the name Massey Poulet. Fantastic, and we will make I'm not sure. A big Twitter guy. I do have a Twitter account, but I never tweet. I think I tweet maybe once every two or three months. There you yeah. go. There you go. Only if I get only if I get upset with something. I think last time I, I ran about a tennis player. Yeah. <laughs> so, so weird, so random. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, Perfect you time know, to make a tweet. That's right. Perfect time to make a tweet. <laughs> Well, Instagram's a place to be right now anyway, so you're good to go. You're good to go. Yeah, and what advice for people on social media, uh, you know, Facebook or Instagram, please, guys, do not post, like, a, a huge, long poem. Nobody, nobody reads that shit. No. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's like when they send you, like, five, six text messages so long. I'm like, just pick up the phone and call me, okay? Right, like, right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, why people so like stuff so long? So be short and concise, you know. 
There you get go. To the get to the point. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. It doesn't get any more real than that. Switchblade, please. Listen, man. This has been an absolute pleasure, man. You are an, a joy to talk to, and uh, we just wish you, the, the, you know, much continued success. So, uh, big things, I'm sure, are coming your way. And uh, look, you were fantastic in Jumanji. We've seen it. We loved it. I have no doubt that ba uh, Bad Boys is going to be huge for you. And uh, just thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us man thank you guys i really appreciate it it was a, a very fun interview and i'm looking forward maybe to meet you in person one day you know oh absolutely yes, man sure. and open invite dude anytime you want to come on the show maybe we'll next time we'll have you in the studio we'll do it in person and uh just open invite man anytime you want to come on the show are you guys here in l.a oh uh, we are in l.a yeah we're based out of l.a oh great we're in l.a uh burbank we're over in burbank oh very close by. I'm in North Hollywood. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, then it's bound to happen. We'll we'll meet it. We'll meet at one point. I'm sure. So. <laughs> Absolutely, and then maybe we can do something about bad boys for life. That's know, right. That <laughs> Absolutely, man. That'd be a blast. But like I said, keep in touch and uh, have a great weekend, dude. And and just best of luck, bro. Grazie mille. Ciao. See ya. Yeah, that was awesome. I loved how he was just so positive about everything, especially the cancer stuff. Oh my I gosh, mean, dude, that just kind of came out, right? Yeah. Like I, that was unexpected, but so inspiring. Exactly. I mean. I, I mean, the dude shows up and he's got to tape the stuff yeah. to his stomach to get through the the roll and everything. That If that don't get you, like, mm. you know, man. Super crazy, man. Super crazy. But, yeah, dude, I, I, I see big things for him. He's a funny guy. Seems to have his stuff together. And, man, what a great guest. Yes, definitely. Thank you again, Mossy, for coming on the show. All right, guys. Now it is time for our top five segment. Oh, man, it's all about the Oscar season. It is award season. We got the Golden Globes coming out. We got SAG After Awards. You got the Grammys. So much things. So it's only fitting that this week's top five is top five actors that should be nominated for the Oscars this upcoming year. Mm. Oh, boy. It was it was a difficult one. I'm not going to lie. There was so many people that we wanted to put on the list, but these are the most that... These are the people that stood out to us the most. So here I go with mine. I got Joaquin Phoenix Joker because holy shit, that dude was psychotic in that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it was, was brilliant it performance. It was crazy. Um, then I got Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story because that was the realest depiction I have ever seen of someone going through a divorce that wanted to do it neutrally and wanted to do it respectfully but the lawyers just interfering and making the two people kind of hate each other for the time being so uh that was just a great movie guys go to netflix and watch the marriage story it's so good so yeah, good yeah then i got cynthia evro evro uh for harriet oh my gosh she killed it in this role such she a did badass and then i got matt damon for ford versus ferrari Definitely a supporting role. He should definitely get this one because, holy shit, him as Shelby was just amazing. And then number one goes to Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy for either original screenplay, supporting actor, or best actor, whichever or, because this man, like, nailed his father to a T, or at least everything that I read about him. This is exactly how he was. He completely transformed into this character, which makes sense because he lived through this shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. Maybe 
my favorite film that I've seen all year. Same. And that, I mean, that's saying a lot because I've seen some good ones. But, um, yeah, okay. My list, too, another uh, Shia LaBeouf film. Uh, and I've got a few on here that, that I'm kind of disappointed that people haven't seen them. You know, they are the victim of, you know, what Scorsese talks about. You know, they're victims of tentpole films that a lot of people haven't seen. And that's probably maybe why we're not going to see nominations. But if you guys have an opportunity, go see some of these films I'm about to say. Yep. Uh, number five for me, Zach Gottesken from The Peanut Butter Falcon. Man, if you haven't seen The Peanut Butter Falcon, it's another brilliant one with Shia LaBeouf, man. And this kid... He plays basically himself in this film, but it's just absolutely brilliant what he's able to do and the performance and how he plays off of Shia throughout this entire film is incredible. This kid deserves an Oscar nomination. My next one, Himesh Patel from Yesterday. Another one I feel like not nearly enough people saw. Absolutely brilliant film. Brilliant performance by Himesh. Should get it, no doubt. Edward Norton, Motherless Brooklyn. Written, directed, and stars. Edward Norton. Yeah. <laughs> he could get it for any or all of those. Right. It's an absolutely brilliant film. Um, a, a, a great character study, dialogue driven. If you haven't seen it, go see it if you can. See, that's the thing. If you can. Now, this one, Johnny Bernthal. I'm a huge fan of John Bernthal. All of you, yeah, I mean, come on. I would have given him an Oscar nomination for me, Earl and the Dying Girl. I just love everything this guy does. I think he's phenomenal. Ford versus Ferrari, dude. He's Lee Iacocca. And, I mean, me and J-Lo go back and forth on this one, but the, the whole first half of the film, the whole first act, is Lee Iacocca trying to get Shelby to come work for them to build this car. Without Lee Iacocca, it doesn't happen. That's Bernthal. And he gives a brilliant performance, and it's I just feel like... a role that we've never seen from him before. He's in a suit and tie. Exactly. Yeah, nice. he's not all gangstered up killing people. He's, like, in a suit and tie. Yeah. It's crazy. So he should get a nomination just for the stretch. Right. Like I think, sure. you know, I mean... And then I'm with you. I think Shia LaBeouf, Honey Boy, um, man, if you have not seen this film, find it, you know, go see this film, find it somewhere and see it. Amazing. And I agree with you. I think maybe he doesn't get it for best actor or best supporting actor. He should, but I would wholeheartedly, he definitely should get it for best original screenplay. He wrote this thing, guys, and it's fucking brilliant. I mean, it just... I'd be shocked, and I'm going to be pissed at the Academy if he doesn't get a nomination. Yeah, go see that one, guys. Yes. Seriously, go see it. You will not regret it. Now it is time for the box office recap. Oh, man, Jabaji, the next level, outdoing my predictions and outdoing everybody's predictions, honestly. I mean, this is what happened with the original film, so kudos to them. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you got Kevin Hart, Jack Black, so many others. Um, Nick Jonas. All those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to get to a point where, like, Mossy, and we can just call the rock DJ. Exactly. You know, I... <laughs> Exactly. Come on the show, DJ. Let's talk. You know. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But yeah, guys, I was only predicting thirty-five to forty million for this one. Uh, it pulled in at fifty-nine point two million. Yeah. So huge capitalization on that. Now, sadly, it will not see the same success that it did last time around with the first movie because remember how it was like number one for three straight weeks in a row but i mean we got rise of star walker or rise of skywalker coming out this week so yeah they needed a big opening yeah weekend they needed yeah. a big opening weekend because a lot of people are going to be at that disney film 
Uh, number two was Frozen 2 with 19 million. I predicted 15 to 20. Number three was Knives Out, and I predicted that one to be number five, so I was surprised at that, that one to be number that three. That one's got a lot of legs, bro. Yeah. It is hanging and making a shit ton of money, well, and I don't I think, think anybody saw that also coming. Also, a big reason for that being is because Richard Jewell and Black Christmas did so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, so I uh, got that one wrong, but Richard Jewell, I did predict to come in fourth place. Uh, I predicted 10 to 15. It only pulled in 4.7, mm. uh, largely due to the controversy and it being such a a, f- a film that only certain people would want to go see. I don't think it's publicized and popularized. So, I, and that that's my opinion. So, I don't think a lot of people would want to go see that. Now, what's to say about Clint? Because this is a Clint Eastwood film. Well, it's his worst opening yeah. uh, by a landslide. And um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, just I think they took a chance on a, on, on a true event story. You know, sometimes those work at the box offices. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. You know, and this one is filled with controversy. So um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, go see it, guys. Go make your own opinions about it. See what happens. And uh, number five, Black Christmas. I got that one wrong. I predicted that one to be number three, I believe. And it pulled in $4.2 million. So, like I said, the last two ones, like, they did well under what I predicted. So, that sucks. That sucks. But yeah. new movies that are coming out this week. We got Bombshell that we went and saw last night. Oh, man. Oh, man. Our Let's buddy Spencer. Spencer yeah. Garrett as Sean Hannity. Exactly. Steals the film like he always does. Always. I mean, and, you know, his, he's so humble. He's like, oh, if you, you blink, you miss me. Spence. Come on, bro. I know, right? Come on, man. I know. Uh, then we got Cats coming out. No one's going to go see that. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are going to go see that. You know why? I, I disagree with you on that because I, I think people are going to go see it just for the reason you say you won't because they're freaked out by it. They want to just go see It's like fucking Avatar. You're, it's so fucking out there that you want to go see it just to say you saw it and then like, you know, I don't know. I read a review that said if you like the musical Cats, you're going to like like the movie so if you like the musical cats go see it but if you think it's weird i don't blame you look it'll have at least a decent run from the swifties alone yeah taylor swift's people are gonna go see it no matter what so i I agree with that i agree with that and then of course we got star wars rise of skywalker the end of a saga coming out this week oh man oh man oh you even got the tagline in there i know i know right (laughs) Uh, then we still got uh, Richard Jewell and with Jumanji Next Level, Black Christmas, Last Christmas, Playing With Fire, Midway, Ford vs. Ferrari, Frozen 2, Beautiful Day, 21 Bridges, Knives Out, Queen and Slim, Dark Waters, and probably not Play Mobile. Uh, like I said, this, <laughs> these, some of these films are in select theaters, so if they are in your theater, make sure to go see them. Yeah, don't go see Play Mobile. Yeah, don't go see Don't go one. see it. Or Cats. But whatever. <laughs> um, number one, I think it's going to be Star Wars, of course, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think it's going to do uh, 180 to 200 million. It's going to have a nice opening weekend, I believe. Uh, number two, I think it's still going to be Jumanji with uh, 20 to 25 million. Number three, I think will be Cats because you got the Swifties um, with 15 to 20 million. Uh, number four, I think will be Bombshell with 10 to 15 million. They're only predicting that one to do five to ten. Yeah, but I have hope for it. So yeah, 10 to 15 million. And number five, I predict to be Frozen two with five to 10 million. So Disney man, Disney. They're killing it. They are. I mean, they're killing it. And I, I'm, I'm just. We all know it. Star Wars is going to be the next billion dollar one. Yep, that's true. 
That's true. Now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh man, we love this app. You can use it to look up budgets just like I did for Jackass. Uh, I mean, why did anybody need to look that up? Because, I mean, you know, maybe they make a profit, maybe they don't. Maybe these guys are going broke, so they want to make more money. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but you can find out all of this stuff on IMDb Pro because there's so information on so much information on there, especially if you are trying to break into the entertainment industry. They Casting calls, their star meters, so much shit. Get this app. You will not regret it. Uh, the top trending movie, I'm surprised. It's still The Irishman. It's still rock and roll and still a lot of conversation, word of mouth going around. So I think that is the reason. But I'm guessing Rise of Skywalker is probably yeah. going to dethrone that yeah. one here soon. Um, top trending TV show for like the fourth or fifth straight week in a row, The Mandalorian. I yeah. mean, freaking episode seven was epic. You see a little bit more of Baby Yoda's powers. Holy shit, guys. This guy is fucking so tiny but so powerful at the same time. Yep, and no spoilers. We don't want to tell you any spoilers, but you do learn a little bit more about him. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some questions and one of them gets answered in this episode. Yeah, a tiny bit, tiny bit. Um, then the top trending star is Pedro Rascal. Still, the Mandalorian rocking and rolling. So, dude, this guy's gonna have epic, you know, year span coming up. He's got Mandalorian, and that and he's gonna be Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman exactly. coming out next year. So, this guy's rocking, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah, killing it, man, killing it. Now it is time for the Billboard Trap little chart toppers. Oh man, Mariah Carey. That's mm. all I gotta say. It's Mariah Carey. I mean, I'm gonna say her name a million times in this segment so uh let's start with the vinyl album sales when we all fall asleep where do we go by billy eilish well, that one's a huge in the vinyl album sales keep yeah. popping in and out so good for her she's finally 18 uh happy birthday go you um rocking and rolling <laughs> uh top album sales goes to who by the who yes um top radio song is still good as hell by lizzo and the artist of the week is Juice World um, after his passing, which is still a crazy situation, man. Um, and the Billboard Top 200 albums goes to Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Ratty Rich. And then the rest, the Hot 100, the digital song sales, the top streaming song, and everything else is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Yes. Record yes. setting. Record set. Comes back into the top 10 every year since its release. But this is the first time that it actually hit number one mm. out of the whole time, this whole span. It always comes back into the top ten. It's always been a huge hit. But this is the actual first time that it hit number one. I feel like it was number one last year. No, they did. No, they said it. it this is the first time in, in its history. I'm going to go back and listen to our shows. Yep, yep. No, I'm I, I telling you. I'm <laughs> telling you. And, 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 there's, and the reason is because the story's everywhere because it's the first time that the song has actually sat on top of the Billboard chart and the co-writer – wants credit oh shit. he's like can she please just publicly acknowledge that she didn't write this shit by herself right you know they've had a falling out he was the co-writer on a shit ton of her first album oh, songs shit. which all went yeah. to number one which all were huge hits and he's like i fucking co-wrote this song and so let's stop talking about mariah 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 uh, can she give me some credit yeah and so yeah that's that's so that's how i know that it this is with the first time that it hit number one because uh he wants credit 
And rightfully so, man. Yeah, if I you co wrote the song with her, you should get credit. Exactly. It should be Mariah Ann, not exactly. just Mariah. So, uh, you know. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Episode 96 of Inside the Crazy Amp. 96. I Woo! know. So crazy. We'll see you guys next year. Uh, thank <laughs> you again for. Uh, Mossy Furland for coming on the show and telling us your story. Jumanji, DJ, Kevin Hart, all those guys just sound phenomenal. And probably maybe have you back on for Bad Boys for Life. He's going to be in oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, so, hell yeah. Uh, make sure to follow him at social, on social media. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media. We're everywhere, pinning things on boards, liking things, retweeting, all that good shit. Uh, make sure to follow us on our social media personal uh, platforms uh, everywhere. Uh, myself at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your Christmas break. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and so much more. And be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, because we have some great Crazy Ant Media gear for you. Put your Christmas gifts in a bonk bag. Bonk I bag. Mean, you know, <laughs> hashtag it, bonk bag. We should start that trend, bag. man. Come it would on. look great. It would look great. <laughs> And you know, all I want for Christmas is an interview with Oprah! Oprah.